We spent years at sea Fumbling with our sails Looking for the wind Hello and welcome to the 8th Note Sessions. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Davin Mullen. And our guest today is David Cloyd. Dave, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, uh, in addition to being a recording artist himself, uh, who's got a couple albums out there that you should uh, go and check out, David's been involved in a lot of things over the years, from being a part of um, ECG Music Group, a, a record label based out of New York City, Hook and Letter Records underneath that, um, founder of Buffalo Music Club. He's a part of the Pizza Dog Studios team, and, and if you're a local film nerd like me um you've seen them in the 48 hour film project plus a bunch of other stuff dave how do you keep up with all that uh i i don't sleep a lot basically sounds like every um, other artist <laughs> you either yeah. you either I mean, sleep really, or but, you create <laughs> well you you know you i think as i've gotten older i've just gotten better at at uh at just running so you just run a lot and you don't take a lot of time to like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the mood to do that thing. You just flip a switch and you're like on. So that's, that's how I kind of keep all the plates spinning. Lots of, lots of broken plates though. That's another <laughs> secret. Now, speaking of lots spinning of plates, plates, um, you're in the process of recording your next album. Tell us a little bit about how that's going and what people can expect from it. Oh, um, I'm really close. I have some vocals left to record. Um, I say some to try and convince myself that it's not it's not too many, so I'll just come in and finish it up. But uh, it's a really great. I, this is the record I've been wanting to make my whole life. This is the this is the one I've been waiting for. Uh, really powerful songs. A lot about my relationships with uh, my wife and my children and what it's like to become a father, what it's like to start that part of my life. But it's also a lot about my relationship with music. And um, it's a lot about, you know, I think we can all uh, say we've experienced hardships, especially after, after the last couple of years. So it's a lot about hardship and, and trying to find the strength and love to get through um, life's darkest hours. So it's a lot, it's a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I have a couple of mixes back, uh, for singles and, uh, a couple more on the way. And it's, it's given me that last little boost I need to, to just be excited to finish. I'm amazed I haven't lost the juice <laughs> as long as it's taken me to finish it. But I just have it. Every time I come back to the songs, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm here. I got to do that. That that's awesome that you feel energized still, because um, you know you had mentioned to us before we started recording the show that um, this is now your third re-recording of the whole project, and and it sounds like it's yeah. been um, just one hell of a bear to wrestle. It it has been, but like that's that's the thing. It's like it's like you know, comedy is is tragedy plus time. You know, it it really is like it's you know, every one of us has had those creative projects where we're just banging away and it just doesn't seem to 
be working and then all of a sudden no matter how long it's been all of a sudden you find it and you're like oh great whoo all right now what <laughs> it doesn't matter if it took a, a week or a month or a year um i mean some songs take years to write some songs you can sit down and 15 minutes later they're done some people say they write songs in 15 minutes and i don't necessarily i don't know that they're <laughs> that's really real but if they you know you know every every one of us is different and and i have a lot of these songs i wrote really quickly um but getting them getting them to the recording in the right way that was that was really a challenge but i'm but i'm i'm really i'm really excited about about this record really i mean it's it's a very humbling experience to have a a very long-term creative project like you said there's these sort of breakthroughs you have and you know returning to the drawing board and i i sort of like the the unity of that process with thematically what the the album is about you describe it sort of as going into the ocean right with with all its trepidation mm -hmm. and, and foreboding and everything you you talk about the gray nature of becoming a father and how it's simplifying and complicating in an equal measure. Um, so I, I certainly wish you luck on, on really crystallizing that artistic vision on that. Um, Thanks. Humbling is, humbling is correct. You know, <laughs> uh, I wrote one of the first songs I wrote, I don't know, my daughter was maybe one or two and she's now <clears throat> not one or two. And, uh, and the, the, the the recurring line in the chorus is where did the time go and it's like it's really weird that all the way back then i knew i i knew i knew it was going to take a while and you, you just don't want to it's like if it's it's like if there if time travel could happen and and your future self came back to you when you were you know like 20 and you're like listen you think you're going to be somewhere at 25 and it's not going to be 25. It's going to be 45. You know, and you're like, what? And if you knew that back then, you might quit and abandon ship. <laughs> yeah. <Do> you... <laughs> yeah, totally. But like, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, when it's, when it's something in your heart, when it's, you know, you know, uh, I, ideally we all get to work quickly and love every day, but that doesn't nothing, you know, that's not a guarantee. And but if your heart's really in it, you know, five years, ten years, whatever, doesn't really matter. It's just you know, it's just work. You're just working. So presumably, your your kids are going to be listening to your your work somewhere down the line. What kind of takeaway do you want them to to have from it? What sort of message do you want to impart oh, on the younger generation? That's a that's a fantastic question. Oh, I love that question. So so. They listen to them now. They love. They have favorite songs of mine, which I just think is the coolest. Um, and it's much better because when they were really little, no matter what I did, if I would like pick up my guitar and start playing, they'd come up and grab the guitar and start pulling it down. And I'm like, ah, this is not my dream. My dream was that we so would all live minute. in community. Was that the inspiration be behind unhand? Um, what is it? Um, unhand, unhand me, me you fiend. fiend. <laughs> No, no. Me, you fiend, no. this is my guitar. <laughs> no, but that's how I felt. No, I, the funny thing, the, the inspiration for that was actually a Batman comic. And I, I'm not a comic guy, but but I had a Batman comic. No, or was it like, it was like an old Superman. It was some, it was some superhero comic. 
and I was completely smashed by how what a jerk Superman was in the first couple of <laughs> comics. He was a real jerk. He was just like he was such a mass. He was such a macho jerk. He's just well, mean. Well, he's an ubermensch. I mean, he's like a yes, proto yes. fascist. Yeah, yeah, whole whole thing. And he couldn't even fly. He just <laughs> ran and jumped really high. You know, it was like it was it was it was kind of like eh, you're not all that, but you know. So, but uh, no. So, okay. What what I want my kids to get out of this? So it's just a great question. So they have songs that they really like off of this record, and like. I'll be riding around, and even my eight-year-old will be like, "That's my favorite song of yours." And I'm like, "Cool, all right, that's cool." What's your second favorite? He'll be like, "Oh well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you later." You know, <laughs> so we already have kind of a, you know, I think it's weird for them because I think they think it's normal to have a dad that like makes records, which that alone is super cool for me. I really like that because my my parents did not make records, but um, but what I really want them to get out of it, honestly, more than anything, is is uh, it's the same thing that most parents want from their kids. They want to set a good example for them. You know, I'm I'm as soon as they were born, I realized that like nothing I did ever again was going to be just for me. It was. You know, I have responsibilities. I've got people that are, you know, they watch everything. They see everything. So I want them to, more than anything, I want them to understand what it means to, like, really love something that's that you're trying to express and get out of yourself and, and to see that through. And no matter what it takes, to see it through and get it out. Um, and sometimes that means they see me, you know, in a less pleasant state, you know, uh, kind of tired or wiped out or, you know, frustrated. But but they also see it when it comes together and they can tell, um, I think, when when I when I really get it and I'm happy about that. And it's and, you know, they both they both play a little bit of music. Uh, my my daughter plays violin. My son's played piano. He's a little He's he's into sports right now, and I'm totally cool with that because I was not. So it's kind of fun. I get to I got I kind of get to live vicariously through him with that. But um, that's what that's that's really that's all I want for them, um, you know, and to you know quietly and secretly uh, get all of their other students at their schools to buy my records and you know <laughs> tickets to my concerts and all of that just all of those things in it's that gonna, order you know thing, things third. are gonna that's get real heated priority. when uh when you get into that like fowler's chocolate thing you know where you're selling the candy bars oh it's, it's gonna be yeah. a bloodbath um, <laughs> but they'll no but they'll come like they could they could offer like you know private you know concerts and stuff with the you know just uh, buy buy the whole box right here and my dad will give you a free concert and then they're like gonna say door to door like, "Do you want a ticket? You know, it comes with a candy <laughs> yeah. bar." Well, sure. Yeah. No, it'll be like we'll put a Wonka's golden ticket in there somewhere, except it'll be like a Cloyd's, Cloyd's a uh, blood red ticket. It'll be like, you know, it'll be it'll be like a tear. Is there a color for tears? That's what it'll be. It's like if you get the tear colored ticket, you can come and cry. We'll all have a good cry and sing oh, the... some beautiful melancholy songs together. The PTA is going to have a field of the day library. With that one. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, just to, to sort of put a nod on that, I think, um, you know, sort of expressing that it's important to live alongside, you know, your anxieties or your, as you say, less, less unpleasant states and process them and engage in that yeah. sort of emotional transformation. I think that's a good takeaway yeah. for, for any kid. Um, yeah. So to, to segue to our, our next topic, and, and maybe this is kind of related, but uh, the reason we asked you to come on the show tonight was because we have the Music is Art Music Expo coming up. April 23rd. You, the 23rd. Uh, tickets are on sale. The 20th. It's um, like, uh, better start putting together my workshop. I, don't have, I have less than two weeks to do it now. <laughs> well. So yes, you're gonna be you're gonna be running our uh, creative songwriting workshop. Um, yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about uh, what the goals of this workshop are, how people can get involved, and what some of the takeaways are. Sure. So um, I love I love songs. I, I feel a little bit like Brick from Anchorman right there. I love song. I love song. <laughs> um, I'm I'm quite I'm quite honestly like my, some of my earliest memories are of sitting in our living room and listening to like records records that I I shouldn't really like given my pedigree but but I was obsessed with Kenny Rogers the Gambler I listened to like lots of Sheena Easton I mean we had some weird we had a weird record collection at my house but I used to just listen and listen and listen and and uh there were always these songs that would just grab me and haunt my dreams and and um so over the years i've spent a lot of time as a songwriter pursuing my own you know how do i get my music out of me how do i get it out until it's until it's right until i feel it's right how does my music impact other people how does it make them feel um and you know exploring the that space especially when maybe it doesn't hit the way you think it should hit or it doesn't hit the way you thought it was going to hit and you know so what i wanted to do was kind of put my thoughts together on that from my you know my entire conscious life and i guess subconscious life and try and come up with a way of better understanding those songs that really, really grab you, you know? And it, it it's not going to be the same songs for everyone, you know, obviously. There are songs that um, I'm sure Mike likes that uh, that uh, Devin doesn't. I'm just guessing. I'm just really trying to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's, but that's, that's human nature right fight. there, you know? Right. So, so... It's really just about trying to find a way to better understand um, songs. So I developed this songwriting theory, and it kind of puts all my thoughts into, um, I don't want to say a system, but for, for, but for better lack of a word, kind of a, it's kind of a framework. How's that? It's a, a it's schema. A framework. Yeah, a, a schema to better understand this, this like, when, when, when you hear something that really grabs you, how did that artist write that song and make me feel that way? Um, so it's it's really trying to better understand that. You can use these. You can use all the stuff I talk about for your own songs. You can use it for your friend's song that they send it 
they send it to you. What do you think? And, you know, you can use it for your favorite songs. You can use it for your least favorite songs. Why do I hate, you know, Katy Perry so much? Why do I hate her? I just can't. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, you can really, you know, take it apart. And so uh, I end up uh, I end up talking about this. And then what I do is I, I'm going to take everyone through one of those songs that for me over the course of my life since since the first time i heard it it has haunted my dreams and i wanted to better understand how they did that to me and to do it how in a way you that get doesn't... them to settle a lawsuit with you yes yeah well <laughs> I, I, I get it, top, top yeah. thumping so, i i get it it completely I, i've been there yeah yeah so so you know i'm gonna take this song apart and put it back together like Frankenstein. And the best thing about it to me, at least for me, is that that does not take any of the mystery out of the beauty of songwriting. It just ta- it just pulls me in deeper. Just makes me love songs more. Just makes me, give me more. Give me more, I want more. So to, you know? to be clear, this isn't like the Bell to Bear workshop of creative exercises this isn't like you you take this part and you put this here it's it's more a holistic approach dealing with you know philosophical spiritual engagements with writing and ideally making that bridge between you know the self and self-expression well and, and you know just for that like if you wanted to pigeonhole something you know you could say you know a build a bear type of songwriting workshop would be about like say we're gonna take a song form and we're gonna just you're gonna write bridge you know first chorus first chorus bridge verse chorus and every single one of us knows that lots of songs have that song form but but every single one of them has little things that are not supposed to be there you know or you know there's always deviations always however subtle you know whether it's like they're just gonna take a bar out there that's that kind of change can change the entire impact of the song so that's really what it's about and i mean i think another thing i really thought about when i put this together was that um this isn't a tool that you would use consciously as you write but it's definitely a great tool for you when you're editing when you're really trying to be objective looking at your song but i will also say that all the stuff that i uncover and that i put into this framework is stuff that's happening in my subconscious all the time when i write and it's all the stuff that's seeped into my my groundwater, you know, that's just there. And it's, it is a lot about, uh, it is a lot about what you, you know, you are what you eat. And with with songs, it's like, you are what you listen to, you know? And, and that's why it's like, it's to me so important to better understand the stuff that you listen to that really hits you. Cause that's telling you something and it's telling you, it's telling you something very important. And, um, you know, so I, I always feel like, if you're a songwriter you cannot or you want to be a songwriter there's no such thing as wasted time on craft ever or, or a producer because it sounds learning. like this is a very producer's mindset too i think so i think so and i think maybe that's because you know i have to produce my i produce myself until up to a certain point and i have to and i really like to um as an art it's funny like as an artistic collaborator I'll I'll collaborate on just about anything until it's like my song, and then I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks a lot. 
I'm cool. Um, I I do like to collaborate, but I have to go in. I have to go into it knowing what I'm gonna do, no, and it's the, a big trust fault for me. Yeah, 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 totally. Like and and no, like even just saying from the get go, like you and I are gonna write a song together. Okay, we don't have. Do you have any ideas? Oh, I don't. I don't you know. If if someone has the first idea, I mean that always sets the ball off rolling. Whatever it is, but but like. Um, I I like I'm a DIY guy. I like to do everything, and I and I and I and I can do everything. So that just turns into what it is. But I think I think you're right. I think this is kind of a and you know you guys are you guys are songwriters. Don't yeah. you find that like 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 um you know working on that producer mindset doesn't that doesn't that affect your songwriting? It, Absolutely. it certainly does for me. It really helps me um, to get. It helps me be not a writer for a few minutes, you know. But, but you still have to write as a producer. You still have to be able to manipulate it, and it's just as important. It's just an important part. It's just a different. It's like a different side of the prism or something, you know. Yeah, I got a taste of that when um, when when we had saw you in person last. It was actually at our um, like. West New York Music Industry Alliance, like songwriter night, and it, and, and I definitely yeah. got like those like sort of producer vibes from you. But you're right in the fact that as a songwriter, you need to be able to have those elements in you, and that's part of what makes that group so special, is because we can help each other from a songwriter standpoint, listen to each other's songs that we're trying to figure out all the, you know, all the bumps and all the knots and how to straighten it out and get it the way we want. And yep, because we have that songwriting experience ourselves, it definitely helps us sort of break down and analyze what the other person is presenting. And the ideas just kind of like pop in. Well, what if you tried this this way or added this in there? Have you thought about doing this? And then all of a sudden, the light, you see the light click on on the other person. And they're like, no, that's a fucking terrible idea. Or they're like, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, that's what I need. That's what I need, you know? Exactly, and it 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 speaks to another thing to me, which is that, um, like, and I hate to I hate to break it to all of us, but like, it's all been done before, all of it. It's sure. nothing's new, and yet everything's new. And so, whatever you think you're doing, going off into your own little shed and like isolating yourself and making your thing that's just not been touched, but of course it has. This is all music. It's all folk art. You didn't invent anything, you know. Like you might get a new sound out of something, and you might you might find a different way to voice a chord, but it's still a bunch of notes, and it's still notes happening over time. And and like, you know, I think it's a it's an important thing to embrace that reality of creativity. It allows you to move. I think um, it's funny me saying this, but it allows you to move a little more quickly. Uh, but it also allows you to move um, confidently. Like when you take when you take the the uh, the onus off of yourself that everything you have to do has to be completely original and unique, then you can just get to the business of making this thing sound the way you want it to. You know, and it's always going to be oh I really like that song and there was that idea they, there was this way that the snare got hit that I really want to get that. Like just there, you know, it's all been done before. So to me, when you explore these these spaces of like the recordings, the the songs that you love, 
um, it, it's just you, you're just having a really nutritious meal, you know, and then you can go then you can go work it out. Um, it's just you're just you're just baking better stuff into your own bread. Boy, I've got lots of food metaphors tonight. <laughs> so, so folks, I'm comes, hungry. I think that's what it is. So April April twenty third, yeah, our music expo. Mm -hmm. Come yeah, come get your it. your fill of musical nutrition with David Cloyd and his creative workshop. Um, I want to share this with you. Come. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I got for for questions for now. Shamil, you got anything else? No, I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, but the last thing I want to throw your way is, um, you know, touching back to your music for a moment. Out of all the tracks you've done, now now that we've got this mindset of this like producer mindset that we've been talking about, yeah, um, yeah. If if you were to jump outside yourself for a moment and and look at your creative process from your first album to now. And then go back to talk to your younger self. What would be the most important thing that you would relay? If you had like 30 seconds in a time machine to go talk to yourself before you made that first album, what could you give him? Oh, uh, I might just give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I might just give him a hug and tell him it's all going to be okay. Just keep, just keep going. Um, God, advice for my creative self at a younger age. Yeah. You know, it's weird cuz I didn't start I started pretty late writing and recording at least at least from my perspective. But um I think this is the I think this is the best advice I would give a younger self and it's something that I I feel like I kind of have a handle on now. Be careful what you say because that's when, you know, the ground beneath you drops. But uh I I feel like there's a really there's a tightrope to walk when you're writing and on half of the tightrope uh your job is to um move as quickly as you can cuz you know this is not a this is kind of a scary place to be and you you don't want to just hang out up there bad thing from when you just hang when you just hang out up there but there's also I think there's a real need to let it just let it happen without too much interference um i think a lot of people uh they they like to just write and they just want to write and so i'm going to write a song and i'm going to write another song and i like to let i like i like to let my songs like i look at them more as archaeological finds like i found like i wanted to feel like i found it and this is this is it and I found it in, as intact as I could, and I messed it up as much as 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 little as I had to. And I think, but I think there's a push and pull there where if you if you wait for everything to to like just naturally come into being, like you might, I don't know, you might. I feel like Harry Nilsson's like like uh, he had a really interesting life, but he had this. He he very he didn't write very many songs, and he didn't record lots of songs. So, so there are people who I I feel like they exhibit this 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 like a disproportionate amount of energy, like putting it into like really finishing it, and you know there there's the Bob Dylans who just seem to write like six million songs, and the Paul McCartneys, and then there's the Jeff Buckleys, you know, 
And then there's the Leonard Cohens that will write, you know, a hundred verses to a single song and only keep like four of them. So there's all these different ways, but I, I feel like that's what I would tell myself is that like, listen, keep working, but don't force it. Like try and be honest with it and try and let it come and, and, you know, just feel it out. Cause there's a point at which you have to really, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta sit down and finish it, but you also don't have to finish it. You really don't. Um, you can, it, it could, it might be better tomorrow. Uh, you know, just keep working and not worry so much about, I think not worry so much about the finished product because it will come. It's, it comes as the, as the work, as you do the work. So I think maybe that's a really long way of answering that question. Yeah, it wouldn't um, fit in 30 seconds, my, but that is a very important thing that, you know, to tell your younger self. And, and I think very good advice. You know, I've, I mentioned this in the show in the past that, one of the pieces of advice that I was given a long time ago that helps me a lot as a songwriter is follow the music. And, and it sounds like what you're saying is kind of along the same thread of, of thought of, you know, that it'll come to you, but you got to follow it. You know, you got to, you got to kind of pursue it. Yes. You have to know when to follow and when to lead. And both when you're leading, you need to follow. And when you follow, when you're following, you need to lead. It's really, it's tricky. It's a tricky state. It's why meditation is really important. We should all be meditating on a daily basis. It helps you get into that zone where you are, you are, you aren't in the flow. You are the flow, um, and trying to be there. I think that's one of the th that's one of the things we were talking about earlier, which is like when you're spinning a lot of plates and you're doing a lot of different things. When you stay in the flow, then as you move from thing to thing, the flow is the flow. It doesn't matter whether you're moving from like I'm working on that song to I'm doing dishes to I got to fold some laundry to now I got to write a book to now I got to write this, you know, I got to come up with a songwriting workshop. What is this? You know, whatever it is, <laughs> you're just you're already in the flow. That's a I mean, that's a really good piece of advice, too, for for anyone, which is like if you want to be a creative person, like this whole idea that you should just go and get a job as a waiter or something and like kill eight hours of your day and and then when your job's over you'll have some money in your pocket and then you can go and like flip a switch and you'll just be in the flow no you should like like spend every waking moment moving to things that like grab you and and get into the flow and just stay there it's really hard to do and it takes a long takes a long time to pull it off it's it's quite a trick um but that's that's you know that's what I would tell my younger self um, that uh, and I feel like he knew he was trying to do that, but he also didn't know whether it was going to work or not. So I would tell him it worked. Yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're if you're in your 20s and you're feeling confident, then you're just <laughs> not looking. At, you're not looking at it right. <laughs> it's just, you know, life is crazy and hard and and, uh, you know. What are you talking about? Everything's I, fantastic I, I, and roses and easy. <laughs> exactly. No. But I but I mean I, I really do mean it like that kind of an existence when you're really when you're really committed to being in the flow of things, it makes life so much richer and more interesting. And then, you know, that's gonna make it out into your art, that's gonna make it out into everything that you do. Um, cooking, you know, like the way I cook breakfast every day 
is intense. It's the same way that I write. It's the same way that I record. It's the same way that I do everything. Did you, you know? That I even by staring at it. Yes. I I sing to it. I I know since I've embraced the flow, my ability to eat rocks has grown so much, baby. If what you need to do to get into flow is to eat rocks, we'll keep a pebble in your pocket, and you'll be all right. <laughs> keep, a, keep a handful. Yeah, keep that's right. Keep a handful. And, and maybe and you're, you're an oral surgeon's phone number as well. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and with that wonderful note, this has been the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Devin Mullen. And our wonderful guest today was David Cloyd. David, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks, guys. It was a blast. Here's a bit of the song Ocean of Hours by David Cloyd. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for his upcoming album. We were filled with dread Gripping tight the rails Holding on for dear life As the waves came crashing The Eighth Note Sessions are produced by Music is Art. Our co-hosts are Devin Mullen and Michael Shamil. Editing by Michael Shamil. The Executive Director is Tracy Fletcher. Our Program Director is Sarah Elizabeth Shaw. You can help programs like this keep going by donating today at musicisart.org. Thanks for listening.